hey man, which way to the Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters concert? Uh, let's ask uh, Alfred from the burning up there. Dude, I don't know. He looks mean. And he's got a drill. Yeah, and he's got that proton pack. But I, he's out here drilling dudes. I, I don't trust like that. Here comes the spooky! What's going on, all you chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode 46. This time we're going to talk about fucking Reno and his weird-ass buffalo painting. But before that, we'll talk the Friday the 13th lawsuit and Ooh. maybe some Halloween kills. Ooh. So sit back, relax, tie that butt into a chair, and make them listen to your second favorite podcast. What's going on, everybody? We are back. The Dukes of Spook. I am your host, Cincinnati Jeff. And with me always is my good friend, my partner in puking, Nachos McWerewolf. Nachos, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> how <laughs> the fuck is everybody doing on this glorious February morning? What? No? What no. You? Oh, okay, cool. No, it's 9-11. Oh, fuck. It is not. Oh, man. Did you get your mom a card? I did. Not forget to get her a card. <laughs> oh, uh, it's also our buddy Nick's birthday today too. Lucky Nick, man, that'd be terrible to have to share your birthday with a national tragedy like that, right? For reals. Uh, what, what what did I cleverly say? I can forget nine eleven, but I'll never forget Harambe. <laughs> sure, that'll go over smashingly, right? Right. It will. Well, it is nine eleven, and it is certainly was a tragedy. Tragedy. Travesty. A tragedy and a travesty uh, would have been 20 years ago today. Right now. Wow. <laughs> Where were right. you? I was in <clears throat> horticulture class. I was in Miss Monroe's English class, and I told her it was a hoax, and she sent me to the office. Oh, shit. I just left school. Uh, you know what? 9-11 isn't as bad as 3-11. Investigate 3-11. It's an inside job. Right. Legalized ranch. <laughs> okay well uh, where do we go from there ah uh, we'll just have a quick moment of silence for 9-11 all right moving on you look awkward as fuck like a boner in church <laughs> that feels like it's pretty fitting to have a boner in church no like not the fun part <laughs> let me just pull a muscle real quick for the episode starts all right all right but before we get started, of course, with the episode, we've got a couple of talking points. News and stuff. First up, the Friday the 13th lawsuit is not done yet. What the fuck? Yeah, still pending. So, um, the latest update is that there is no update. There is no good news. Yeah, we've been uh, we follow uh, our good friend uh, Larry Zern, Larry Zern, 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 Zern dog, dog. Shelly himself, Mister Finkelstein. Right, he keeps us informed on this. And while it should have been wrapped up by this time, it he is text not. too much, man. He's texting me all the time. I'm like, Larry, I got a family and shit, dude. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone, Larry. Fuck. Get to work. Don't you have law to practice? Yeah, shouldn't you be like Voorheesing or something <laughs> in court? So, um, it, there's just no update, and that's that's the update that we have for you. Is unfortunately there's still nothing 
that has been determined. They're still transitioning things to the point of like, hey, let's countersuit this and then push this back. And like the courts are going back and forth and there's just nothing that we, the fans, can do about it. And we're the only ones that suffer. Yeah. Like, look, you fucking dummies. You can make money. Or, you know, all Victor Miller has to do or uh, fucking McDonald's uh, has nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, sue McDonald's. Uh, no, it's just because those guys are old as fuck. Victor Miller's like 85. He's probably going to die soon. And then like, what happens then? Then his kids now are suing or they don't give a fuck or like Sean Cunningham writes them a big hush check or something. It's kind of weird because it's like I want to root for Victor Miller. But at this point. It's like, I, as a fan, I just really want to root for whatever the fuck. I root for Jason fucking Voorhees in company. Like, I just want this fucking over with, man. Like, hey, I want I want my fucking game back. Uh, I'd like a new fucking movie. At this point, it's been, what, 12 years uh, since the 09 was the remake? Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's been fucking 12 years since then. But it was weird. Well, like, they still do merchandise, though. Like, you know, we just got a merchandising. Merchandising. We just got a kick ass fucking Ultimate Part 7 Jason. Oh, from NECA. That thing is dope. So good. Probably fucking top five figures of the year. It's it's articulation and accessories and attention to detail make it my favorite NECA Jason it's, because of just that. My but, God, it's so good. I mean, I really love my Part 3, my Richard Brooker one. He's good, man. But, dude, just all the hanging cloth and shit and. Fuck this lawsuit and like I'll never get my fucking little golden book. Jason's like, where's my mom? And he goes, he's going around like Camp Crystal Lake asking everybody, where's my mom? Oh, she's fucking uh, out back slaughtering fucking teens for not watching you. Yeah, just threw my Walkman into the fucking lake. That was really uncool. Not that uncouth bitch. Yeah, kill my bunkmate, but uh, leave my fucking tape deck alone. I just got Banana Rama. It was truly a cruel summer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I like that joke. Yeah. That was a good one. That song's kind of a banger, too, not going to lie. It is. Uh, who did uh, da, 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 the the Nazi chicks uh, from the 90s did it? Ace of Base, they did a cover. Yeah, well, they can fucking goose stuff into a volcano. <laughs> um, <clears throat> hey, try to lean off the mic when you do that. That's nasty. I'm just doing fucking... Ears. I'm doing bumps off the fucking mic cover. <laughs> It's a windscreen. You're a fucking windscreen. <laughs> uh, next up, Salem's Lot remake has been announced. And our main man, William Sadler, oh, is going to be in it. So do you think, like, who's? do we know who he's going to be? Uh, no, he's like an unannounced, on you know, role. But he is on set filming right now. If they could get Michael Moriarty back in that, that'd be fucking awesome. I couldn't find too much about the movie itself. Right. Um. Uh, but... I mean, what what do we not like need to know that we don't already? Except for like maybe more of the cast is because right. it's, it's fucking Salem's Lot. Like he's a creepy kid. It's basically a modern retelling of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty. F- the original one was a miniseries, a made-for-TV miniseries in the seventies. Then it got a TV miniseries or sci-fi special, like, like mini spinoff or a sequel. They got a sequel. Return to Salem Slot. Okay. Which was not based on Stephen King because he only wrote the one book. And then, like, in the 90 or no, 2000s, they had one with, like, Rob Lowe and Rucker Hauer. Yeah, that does sound familiar. I remember it under the title of Don't Go Fucking Around With Them Vampires. Right? My We were talking about it. My mom, to this day, still has a hard time with it because she doesn't like, she doesn't like, like, 
dead kids, like ghost kids, dead kids, anything like that. Most mothers don't like dead kids. Right. <laughs> I'm sure yours wouldn't mind losing yeah. one or two. Uh, but, like, that scene always stuck with her, and she's never been able to get past it. Like, she to this day, I'll talk to her. I'm like, oh, yeah, so this movie, she's like, last night I had a fucking dream about Salem's Lot again. Like, no. still. So, like, in the middle of the night, you just have to go, like, tap on her window, like, yo, mom. Mom, we'll get the smog machine and all that shit. <laughs> just let me in. Hey, hey, mom, the front door's locked. Come on, let me in. Tip, 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 tip. It's tip, it's because it's he like scratches at it. So oh, dude, creepy. that's that's surreal as fuck. How he's just like floating. It's like when Candyman fucking blasts through that window backwards. Who? Oh shit, dude! Something we totally zoned on. Apparently, if you say Candyman five times into your fucking phone, it pops up the new trailer. Really? Yeah. Let's find out. Like it, to Siri. Yeah. Okay. Hit it. We're gonna try this out. Candyman. 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 Did I say it right? Candyman. Candyman. Now I just sound like a fucking asshole. Thanks, phone. <laughs> no, it's just that big black dude leaning over the bed and his fucking giant dicks hanging out. <laughs> that guy was the real star of COVID. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see him get cast into something. How about a porno? <laughs> sure. A Candyman porno. I heard you're looking for Candyman. Zip, bitch. <laughs> and he's got a little hook on his dick. No, his dick is... Bees come out of his dick. Um, let's stop. Let's stop. You should write ahead. this and send it in. Razzers will buy it. Hello, porno. Just I throw it at the mailbox, <laughs> and that, that works. Uh, and then last up, recently announced, Halloween Kills is going to debut on streaming the same day that it's in theaters, October 15th, uh, on Peacock. A lot of people are butthurt about that. I doesn't matter. You get to see your fucking Halloween either way. Just shut the fuck up and watch Halloween. I can't imagine why people would be mad about it. if you're Because now you can watch it any which way you want. Yeah. I Personally, I enjoy the theater experience, especially for a movie like that. Which we will be going to see it in oh, theater. Oh, you bet your ass. Then we're going to come home and watch it on fucking Peacock. You bet your ass. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. So if you have like a premium Peacock subscription, you can watch it the day it releases. And I don't know if it's like a timed release, like it's not going to come out until the evening or if it's like fucking available right away. Oh, man. No, dude. I hope it's not like noon and then people be spoiling all that shit. Maybe that's why people are upset. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that people were upset about it. I could give a rat's ass. I try to stay off the Internet. Well, Cincinnati, Jeff, people are upset about most anything. Mm. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So now... Let's move on to the Driller Killer, unless you've got something, Nachos. Well, actually, it correlates with the... But, uh, yeah, all right. <clears throat> so this movie starts out prompting to us that it should be played loud. Uh-huh. I get that. It's very oi oi punk rock. But automatically, I have problems with this movie. Well, we're not at the movie yet. Well, it's it's about that. Okay. It's, I actually... Plural problems. Don't tell me what the fuck to do, movie. I'm already watching you in blind faith for the listeners. Don't push your luck. <laughs> and don't give me that if it's too loud, it's too old bullshit. Because the last thing you'll ever fucking hear is the gentle cascade of the cold earth on the side of your coffin. <laughs> B. It's also 3.55 in the morning. I'm sure my fucking roommates would love that I played it loudly. <laughs> Number C. That's pretty authoritative. Uh, author- what is that fucking word? Authoritarian. I had it. It was smart. It sounded good. Whatever. It's very fucking cop of you to tell me to watch a fucking movie. You fucking cunt. Whatever. I'm done. <laughs> so how about that movie, Chief? All right. Hey, well, you know what? 
uh, when, where was the first time you saw the Driller Killer? Uh, three fifty-five <laughs> last yesterday morning. All right. Uh, for me, uh, how about you, Cincinnati Jeff? Two thousand one as well. I thought I saw this years ago, but it was actually the Toolbox Murders, which came out the year before. I thought, dude, I get this. I got. I thought it was a nail gun massacre. That movie sucks. It's a different. That's a different like that's a power different. tool altogether. I don't fucking sports, dude. <laughs> I don't power tools. Well, as we promised, this is number eight on our video nasty. This is on our hello nasty list. As promised, we said we'd get to more. Aaron, Mr. I don't fucking pay my Patreon fucking Southworth didn't believe us, but here we are. And then he gave us AIDS. Also, or not AIDS. He gave us feline AIDS. Oh, fuck. Feline AIDS. Okay. Flying AIDS, baby. He did. He got a sick as fuck, though, while he was here last week. <laughs> coconut Pete's fucking revenge. <laughs> I've been Coconut Pete at least three times a day since he's been here. So, uh, directed by Abel Ferrara. That sounds familiar as shit. And we're going to tell you why okay. in a second. Because it's time to meet our... Oh my god, he's killing me! He's killing me! He's killing me! Oh yeah, baby. What are you doing? Turning my shit off, I don't want it to oh, make noises you. over the xylophone, you know. <laughs> like I'm about to do right now. Bitch. So, first up on our crew, there's only four people here. There's a, there's obviously more than four people in the fucking movie, but only four worth mentioning. Really, only one worth mentioning. That's also Abel Ferrara. Okay. The director also played Reno Miller. Oh, great. Yes, yes. Uh, credited into this movie as Jimmy Lane. Abel Ferrara was writer and director. Um... Nothing really worth of note as uh, to his name, but he did write, direct, and star. Excuse me, we're burping, man. In a porno called Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy." Huh? And if you get like this esoteric DVD release that's got like two discs of special features, the trailer for Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy" is on there, and it like goes for like hundred dollars on eBay. It's the dumbest thing. You just look it up online for free. Baffling. Yeah. And then these next three people who are in the movie and play pretty predominant roles have no other credits to their name. This guy sourced his friends, I assume, for this project. That is a safe bet. Uh, Carol Mar, Carolyn Mars, who plays Carol. Uh, Baby Day plays Pamela Burling. Harry Schultz II plays Dalton Briggs. And that's it. And none of these people have a single acting credit other than this movie to their name, according to IMDb. You forgot one. Uh, the dead rabbit from Anthropophagophagus shows up. <laughs> Anthropophagophagus? You are, you're correct. <clears throat> you're correct. Uh, released in June of 1979, 
not a bad year for horror movies, even though it's kind of you know pre eighties, but post Halloween, uh, we've got oh, the yeah. Amityville Horror. Fuck yes, Alien. Uh, yes, the first Phantasm. Debatable. The Visitor. Never saw it. Uh, it's like two alien uh, deities okay. fight to control Earth. All I remember about it was the cover of the VHS had a giant floating eyeball above, like above a city, two giant monster alien hands, and then what it was holding was a bloody garrot wire. Okay, and, and then like, like this a, looks a giant throbbing alien cock. Horrible fucking movie. I'd rather watch the Boogans. Oh, Boogans is a weird movie, dude. <laughs> That's it, the one with the, like the giant mutant mutant frogs, right? Uh, or that, mutant frog. I. Fuck, the one I remember, it's like there's an underground cave and they straight up look like boglins and shit. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. I mean, I only saw it 10 fucking years ago. Remember Munchies? <laughs> Fuck. I got that for my roommate because those it fucking... You said boglins, just reminded me of Munchies. I mean, dude, it's it's that post-Gremlins, everybody be this kind of thing. But, yeah. Not everybody could be critters or the ghoulies. Right. At least they go to college. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Number two is my jam. Anyway, yeah. Uh, moving on, Salem's ADD, Lot. The ADD is strong tonight. We brought up earlier. Came out the same year. Hell yeah. Along with Taurus Trap. Oh, that's a good Savage one. Savage Wasteland. Zombie Flesh Eaters. Huh. Prophecy. Dude, the fucking killer bear one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, not the one with uh, uh, Christopher Walken. But that's a fun movie, too, but I think I go with the mutant bear. Then we've also got The Brood. Uh, is that is that Cronenberg? I believe so. Okay. And then when a stranger calls. You hang up with Star 69 his ass. <laughs> so how to watch. Uh, of course, you've got VHS. Yes. Multiple DVDs. And the reason I won't go into great detail here is because the movie is in public domain. So there are numerous amounts of home releases on DVD. The fucking number is astronomical. And shit's on Tubi. Uh, and then the best way, the way we watched it, is Arrow Films has a Blu-ray uh, with all the things you would expect from Arrow Films, right? They do they do a bang-up job just like Scream Factory. Uh, and you get a pre-production cut of the film with an extra five minutes of footage. Yeah, I Not didn't, really worth it. I, did, I didn't watch it. Uh, but this is the one to get because of all those special features, and it comes with a DVD copy of the movie as well. Okay. Yeah, so... Now it's time to horse around with some maniacs. One of us is really going to enjoy murdering you. Here we go. New York City. Reno Miller. A scruffy young artist enters a small Catholic church in Spanish Harlem. I just assume. It's sure. Yeah. Harlem. It's there. Right. Where he walks to the front where an elderly bearded man is kneeling, chanting, pity the sinners, pity the sinners over and over. Reno seems to recognize the man as his long-lost father, who is now apparently a derelict drunk. Is that what you got from that? Yeah. Wow. Well, because no, okay. no, you're she goes on. Uh, the old man unclasses hands and grabs Reno. Reno runs because he don't like to be touched like that. Grabs his girlfriend, Carol, who accompanied him to the church and leaves. The taxi uh, back to wherever the hell they're going. Reno calls the man a degenerate and a bum. And Carol's like, yeah, but this guy's your dad, right? You're right. Like, he had your name on a piece of paper and your phone number. Yeah, that's not weird. So that whole part where the nun is, or where they're running out and the nun's there, like, I guess a fucking tumbleweed of pubes got stuck in the fucking camera gate because it's just there, like, <laughs> waving, like, what's up, guys? <laughs> kind of shit. I don't know, dude. Attention for detail. 
Evidently, the derelict, like I said, had a piece of paper with Reno's name and phone number and requested a meeting at the church to talk to him. Reno, despite knowing that the derelict was, in fact, his father, denies knowing him because he don't want to fucking know no bums. He don't like no bums. They use the word bum a lot in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Reno and Carol then head to a nightclub to pick up Pamela, their other roommate, who is watching a local punk band perform Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters. And I will tell you this, this first song, because these fucking songs are hit or miss here. But this first one, pretty fucking fun. Uh, so there's a scene like the cab stops and some fucking hobo comes up and he, and he's fucking, yeah, he's trash talking the hobo, but then fucking Reno looks like some douchebag that'd be hanging outside a fucking blueberry hill and then like hit you up for a smoke and be like, no, man, see, I quit, but shut the fuck up. You smoke. There you go. <laughs> also, when they're in the cab, they're fucking heavy making out. I thought I was going to see a tit. I thought I was watching Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you also notice that, uh, uh, fucking uh, the greasy meatball, fucking Reno, <laughs> like doesn't change his clothes. No, he's disgusting. the entire fucking movie. It's like, buddy, you got no room to talk. Everybody's got wardrobe changes, even Tony Coca Cola. All right, speaking of Tony Coca Cola, the fucking bassist, he's wearing like goth makeup and a Hawaiian shirt. He looks like a goth at a luau. It's a real Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii vibe. You feel me, dog? <laughs> looks like he just got off the set of The Vamp. I fucking fuck that movie too. <laughs> So the next morning, uh, Reno hears Pamela trying to drill a hole in the door to the bathroom. Oh, my God. This ditzy twat, dude. And he gets up and he's like, what are you doing? She's like trying to make a hole. And he's like, all right. So then he just fucking like, hey, a cup. Can you fucking stop trying to fucking put holes in this door of our rented apartment? Did uh, Pamela kind of remind you of the Quigs a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. All right, so this fucking drill gay goes on forever. I would have told her to go, wait for it, screw herself. (laughs) (laughs) So Reno's just like, well, where do you want it? I'll do it for you. Again, stop. I guess security deposits weren't a thing in the 70s. Right. So fucking obviously spaced out fucking junkie that Pamela is. Reno makes the hole for her. Then Reno, Carol, and Pamela... um, as we see, all live together in this seedy apartment. And I, I say seedy because it's kind of run down, but... Uh, you know, for New York at that time, they're yeah. bitching about it. That place is fucking huge. It's in the Union Square area of Manhattan. Yes. And it's fucking giant. I think it, what they said was 600 bucks a month. 500 bucks a month. Fuck. I mean, granted, it's 1979, but still... You just sell a buffalo painting and you'll be fucking gold. <laughs> Clearly, we're struggling to get by here. Reno complains about the bills for the utilities that they get from the water to the electricity and then to the telephone bill. <laughs> he's just like reading off the list of calls and he's like, LA, $1.25. And like the girls are just claiming him. It's like, Texas, $7.20. And she's like, my sister. And fucking like North Dakota for fucking 18 bucks. He's like, my, my mother. <laughs> it's like, all right, so this part was about as fun as watching a couple bicker about the Bills in real life. But it does end beautifully because Reno's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll talk on the fucking phone. Rips the fucking phone out of the wall. Just yeet right out the fucking Shot window. puts that shit. Doesn't even open the window. He fucking throws it through the glass. So I guess, hey, fuck the door. Oh, fuck this fucking window, window repair now. <laughs> 
as you can tell, listeners, I'm not necessarily thrilled about this fucking movie. I'm not bringing my A game here today. Later on, Reno has a dream about the mysterious bearded man who he claims to not be his daddy and about a power drill that he had used earlier to fucking make holes in the door. Reno is seething when he wakes up as he's reminded that he hates his neighborhood where the homeless derelicts reside on the streets around his apartment building. <laughs> and I guess he's associating that with his dad, so he's just filling him with fucking rage. Right. So, also, he doesn't shut his mouth the entire movie. It's just a gate. <laughs> Maybe he's secretly uh, Heather Lincoln Camp's father. Nope, thinking too deep about that. Moving on, not giving this <laughs> so, movie this time. Later on, uh, we, we lo- during this time, we learn that Reno uh, is, is working on this painting, um, this buffalo painting that he's... It's huge. It's cool. Like, it's painted well, and it has, like, these Lisa Frank fucking Save by the Bell squiggle lines on it. I will shit. say, it also looks like it has, like, a taxidermy eye on, oh. on the buffalo, because it seemed to, like... It seemed to shine and, like, react to light that, where Bloody, the paint did not. I think that's called... Good, good craftsmanship. It could be. It could be. So he goes to see Dalton Briggs, a flamboyantly gay art gallery owner, and tells him that he's currently working on the masterpiece painting, which we just talked about. <sighs> Excuse me. Reno says that he needs another week and asks for a loan of $500 to pay for his rent. Dalton refuses, saying that he has lent enough money to Reno this past year for a variety of reasons, from medical bills, utility bills, to Reno's artwork, which includes paint and numerous canvases and blah, 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 blah. And an abobo! <laughs> what? Oh, that's the super cute short term I use for abortion. Abobos. <laughs> I'll tell you about that shit off air, dude. It's pretty good. <laughs> it involves an abortion! <laughs> Take, I mean, in a bobo. Sorry. Take that, Texas. Uh, but Dalton tells Reno that if he finishes the painting in one week and if he likes it, he will buy it and give Reno whatever money he needs to help him out. So strap for money. Since neither Reno or Pamela have bank accounts, Carol, who seems to be somehow well off, writes a check for $500 for the rent and gives it to the grumpy landlord, Al. That dude's a dipshit. He's like Kmart Mickey from fucking Rocky. She claims that it's her alimony check that her ex-husband gives her. Uh, The landlord then takes the check but tells Carol that they're still a month behind on the rent. And in a few days on the first of the month, there will be two months behind. And he wants the rest of the money soon or they're out on the fucking street. Oh, that's that whole feeding the rabbit zucchini off the knife part or whatever. Yeah. Fucking weird. Which you you see that rabbit later. Oh, (laughs) shit. That is that. Wow. Yep. Yep. I'm firing on all cylinders here, man. So then the following day. Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters, a punk rock band that Pamela hangs around and we saw earlier in the movie, move into the apartment. I guess it's below Reno and the girls in the vicinity or something. And they soon begin practicing their music. This is the best part because like, like seriously, probably the best part of the movie because they walk in. And clearly, they're a fucking loud punk rock group. Al, who's giving the tour of the place, is like, you sure you want to fucking stay here, dude? It's a real shithole. And they're like, yeah, it's perfect. And they're like, what are you going to do? And they're like, practice music here. And he's like, we're not going to be loud. Fucking Tony Cole Cole's like, nah, man, we're a violinist group. Yeah, no, that was all right. <laughs> it's fucking clearly not, dude. They got a bunch of fucking whores following them around. Clearly, everybody's all fucked up on drugs. Oh, my God. And nobody looks like they play the fucking violin because they can barely play their fucking regular instruments. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. So the... 
<laughs> we cut to loud music from the band, which oh. fucking puts Reno on edge, makes him unnerved and frustrated because he's just trying to fucking like work on this fucking stupid he buffalo sucks just painting. Just as bad. Actually, he's a talented painter in this fictitious scenario. So later that night, Reno, Carol, and Pamela watch TV all four channels. Yeah, dude, that was weird. Since they have no money and cannot go out. What was that Black Flag song? TV party or some shit? Yeah. That was like a big deal. Yeah. TV party tonight. We're going to have a TV party tonight. All right. That's I I know that from Futurama. We've got nothing Nothing better better to do. Then watch TV and have a couple of brews. I love Black Flag. And then Katie Siegel tries to sing, and you're like, no, no, just be Peg Bundy. Yo. I just like, because it's like, uh, <laughs> it's all the dudes in Black Flag, like Greg Ginn and those guys, fucking screaming out their fucking favorite shows to watch. Like, Bonanza. Yeah, like, F Troop. Yeah, it's just like that. I do miss F Troop, though. Side note. Uh, okay, so they're watching TV, and like Reno's like, oh, Pamela's like, flip the channel. Flip the channel. Flip the channel. Well, now we're back where we started. Like, they only go through, like, four channels. Wait, did we miss the part where the dude that looks like Serpico gets stabbed in the street? Oh, yeah. I completely fucking skipped that part. Because it has nothing to do with the fucking movie. Yep, that's this movie. It's fucking 20-hour jam sessions. He's up on the roof for no reason. Like a vigilante. Just fucking watching bums on the street with his fucking binoculars. Yeah, he's like... And there's a guy... It's just a... A guy, like a gentleman, businessman, walking in the fucking park. Some dude just comes up out of nowhere, shanks him in the back, and then runs off. And Reno doesn't do anything. People are just like, and this this could not have been. I think you for bringing this up because there's no way like they got like permission to do this. No man, it's that seventies gorilla. Yeah, style for real. Because like everybody else who isn't in on it, like uh, stops what they're doing, stares. It seems to be kind of a fucking kerfuffle. <laughs> Good word. Like it's pretty, pretty fucking obvious. And then they get like this really beat up fucking ambulance to pick up this guy. It was actually Roy from Part Five. <laughs> also, fucking Reno's watching like you ought to the Watcher. You know, he just likes to watch. He can't intervene. Right, he doesn't. Not like inter- he would anyway, because he's kind of a fucking greasy jack off. For, I forgot, but the scene is so. Like, it doesn't sound forgettable, but this movie is so fucking quasi-miserable that you can insert that scene anywhere in the fucking movie. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't move the plot along. It will help it anyway. And sorry, dude, I loosely followed notes on this. Do we get to the part where Pam is bitching about not having money and drugs and shit? Yeah, that's, that's so that's what they're doing during the TV. That's why they're all fucking super pissy because they don't have any money for anything else. Dude, so there's a scene and they hold it on Pamela's face. Uh, I don't know, man. It's so... She has giant eyes. I just kind of like to not jack off for a week and then just like fucking dump a hot glue fucking nut in her eyeball. Just, <laughs> you know, because I'm fucking romantic like that. <laughs> just watch it catch and just, pool. It, like it just harden over her eye and then it just goes ghost eye and then she has to like fucking get it. Ca- okay, I'm done. Like it creates like a cum patch and then you just call her Miss Fury. Cum patchy. <laughs> We're adults. <laughs> So that night, like I said, they're fucking watching TVs, pissed off because they can't go anywhere because they got to save all their money for fucking uh, Reno's art supplies and utilities. And Pamela apparently squanders any little money she makes on drugs. So during the commercials, they watch a TV advertisement for the Porto Pack, 
a battery pack which allows a person to walk around with electrical appliances and powers them. You know, we finally have that today with the fucking little battery packs, you know, <laughs> kind of ahead of its time. That's some creative thinking. I Well, I don't know if this existed or not. It could have. I mean, in theory, but dude, that would cost way more than 20 bucks. And it, it wouldn't have lasted as long as it did in the movie. No. So now it is 2 a.m. in the morning and I'm still typing. Oh, no, wait, that's that's, that's my note. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. in the morning while trying to work on his painting. Reno becomes more agitated from the loud music that Tony and his band continue to play. Play in parentheses. These dudes fucking suck. This like, is this is the worst music in the fucking movie right here. Dude goes to play Johnny Gunn, you know, a.k.a. the theme from Spy Hunter. Dude, even I can play that. <laughs> Not well, but I can play it. This is the part where he brings in, like, these two girl, like, higher-end, like... Doo-wop bitches or yeah, something? to sing, like, woo, backup vocals. They for suck. this fucking horrible and this song. This goes on for, like, eight minutes. It dude. is, dude. I fucking just held down that fast-forward button. It was bad. Tony's like, stop, stop, do it again like this. And he's singing out of pitch, off key, off I, time. I want to choke that dude till his eyes roll back in his fucking head, and then I come in his eyes. And here's the weird thing: like the guitar riffs and stuff, and the, like the bass line of this was actually pretty driving. But the song, when you put it all together, horrible, fucking horrible. And this is like a pretty good era for punk music. This is not that scenario, though. But well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Anyway, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Reno then has a uh, another kind of daydream out of body experience where he sees an image of himself saturated in blood and goes outside into the dark streets for a walk. At the foot of a garbage-strewn alleyway, Reno sees an elderly derelict sleeping and stands him up. Seems that Reno is going to accost the man yeah. and beat the shit out of him. Let that fucking homeless dude sleep. He's like, hey, man, shit. what are you out here for? Like, I, at first, I thought he knew him. Right. He's like, what are you sleeping on the streets for? Why don't you home with your family? You know, they love you. Oh, your wife's probably fucking the mailman or some yeah. shit. I'm just fucking. What, you got here for drugs? Like, it's yeah. real. I wish the movie would just be Reno getting stabbed to death by homeless people. And the then end. they fucking piss in his corpse. Yeah. In his corpse, not on his corpse. <laughs> so he, unfortunately, though, he has to duck quickly in the alley into the shadows with the man as they see a group of teenage gang members chasing another bum down the street and run right past them and then they both look out and like fucking stare at this other fucking hate crime that's going on real talk i want to see what that movie is happening <laughs> is that an outtake from fucking street trash or the, something the warriors right <laughs> what's your gang's name we're the fucking bums what do you do we ain't got no jobs could you give me like five bucks drink ten and viper right viper. dude give me that viper <laughs> so uh, Reno drops the bum to the ground and walks off, vowing that he will not end up like his own derelict father, whom he claims he doesn't have. Later, the roosters continue to practice. Uh, and at the same time, Carol and Pamela take a shower for no reason. Yeah! 28 minutes and 12 seconds in, we get boobies. Boobies! Yeah, they take a shower together. There's a little lesbian action. Hey, good for them. Good for the movie. Yeah. It, Finally, 28 minutes in, and something interesting has happened. Peaked my fucking interest. Yeah. We're 28 minutes into a movie called The Driller Killer, and no one has died. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry, sorry, fans. They can't all be the Club Dread episode. Sometimes we got to do shit like this. <laughs> it's hard to get excited for it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to get a boner after your dog died. 
Oh, wait, I'd have the boner because I killed the dog. Okay, move it on, move it on. It's the second episode of season three, (laughs) and you're already talking about dead dogs. What the fuck? Yeah, it looked like this. Yeah, I took a picture for (laughs) you. The next day, Carol gets a letter from her ex-husband, Stephen, who sends her a photo of them together, as well as a $100 note saying he misses her and he wants her to return. Oh, yeah, Captain uh, Malahondo versus Captain fucking Pass It on the Kitchen Table. You missed a very important part where the Jap, the Jewish-American princess, won't shut the fuck up. Tony's putting on his little face makeup and shit. (laughs) This fucking chick just goes on. She's like, and this bitch, she can't even fucking sing. And And this chick suffers from a terminal case of (laughs) shut-the-fuck-itis. Shut the fuck up, itis. I suffer from um, (laughs) dementia. Meanwhile, Reno becomes angrier and more agitated when Tony and his band continue to play their music day and night and complains to the landlord about the loud music. But the landlord refuses to do anything because Tony and his band don't bother him, which he implies the band pays the rent and probably bribe him. uh, As where fucking Reno doesn't do shit, Carol has to pay for everything. However, the landlord does give Reno a gift of a skinned rabbit for dinner to show that there are no hard feelings, which was the rabbit from earlier that the landlord, I guess, kept as a pet. And he keeps it in, like, a pantry. He's like, well, hold on, I got a gift for you and the girls. He fucking opens up, fucking skin rabbit blood dripping from his fucking face. Getting mad Resident Evil 4 vibes from that. Yeah. Also, I thought that was the... He's like, you know how you cook a rabbit, don't you? You, just, you cook it, right? It's like, fucking cook it. So, honestly, so it's not the fucking baby from uh, Eraserhead? <laughs> Ah, you thought I was going to go through apophagus twice. <laughs> so Reno takes the fucking rabbit back to his fucking apartment. And at this point, I guess maybe the power has been turned off because he's doing all this by candlelight. It's not a satanic rite where he's just fucking cutting the rabbit up and like gutting it and preparing it for dinner. I think he's playing with his food at this repeatedly point. Repeatedly stabs it in the head. And now I'm like, oh, head. so this is why it's a video nasty. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the next day, now, uh, Reno eyes the Porto Pack sitting in the window at a small hardware store on sale for nineteen ninety five. After checking to see if he has enough money on him, which apparently he does, he goes inside the hardware store and purchases said pack. Later that afternoon, a troubled Reno tries to sleep with the band, finally stops playing the loud music for a short while, but he hears voices calling out in his name, and he sees an image of Carol with her eyes cut out. She looked good as fuck, though. That's true. It's true. That night, Reno takes the Porto pack and it goes out with the drill attached to it. Reno sees another homeless bum sleeping inside an abandoned building, and he drills the bum in the chest, killing him. Death number one, random homeless, dude. Boy, looks like somebody really let the bees out of the jar, if you know what I'm saying. Because <laughs> every joke was going to be, got drilled. <laughs> Squatched. I kind of drilled, drilled. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. We got our new squatch for this episode. (laughs) It sounds like a children's fucking drill or like a dentist drill. (laughs) (laughs) All this drilling. I just want to watch the dentist. Fuck no, dude. All right. Uh, The following evening. Reno, care. let's let's rein in the fun here. All right, nachos are having too much fucking yeah. fun here. Ha, 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 ha. Too much en- gosh Enough darn of fun. that laughing. Yeah. Too much ha-ha, pretty soon boo-hoo. Let <laughs> me <laughs> fucking drink this goddamn beer. 
The following evening, Reno, Carol, and Pamela had <laughs> tickets to see Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters at a local nightclub for some reason. And he's like, I don't want to fucking see this band. I hear them play night and day. And like, I don't know if it's Carol or Pamela, but they're like, well, they sound better on their album. And he's like, they have an album? They have an album? <laughs> this, this, you can get an album just doing this? Uh, Pam is freaking out. Some more, as she does, but she look good as fuck, though. <laughs> it's like, why would you? Why would you pay to go see this band that you Lives hate? Lives next door, right? and it's just on constant loop. So send your chicks there if they want to go, dude. Why would? Why would you go? <laughs> so at the club, Pamela hangs out with the band while Reno and Carol talk about where they stand with their relationship. And Carol tells him that her ex-husband is in writing to ask her to come back with him. Yeah, he already knows that. He saw the $100 bill. We get it. Yes. A little later, while Reno plays the pinball machine. For fucking 10 minutes. This is longer than the baseball scene from fucking Sleepaway Camp. This is longer than the practice session earlier in this damn movie with Tony Coca-Cola and the Rooster. Oh, don't get, don't worry. There's another fucking practice scene coming up. Good, good, good. I was afraid there wasn't enough Tony Coca-Cola. Somewhere along the line, fucking Abel Ferrara was like, you know what? We really got to pad this out. I need at least 30 minutes of Tony in his fucking band, and I'll just chop it up and put it in. And there. I'm going to act like I don't like it. Also, the recorder from Evil Dead makes a cameo, and <laughs> is that dude fucking wearing a net? That dude's wearing a net. Not That's not fish net. That is a real, like, <laughs> just, you catch aquatic life with. It's just a net. He just has a net. Not a net. No. A. Not a net, but a cello. <laughs> fucking an actual fisherman's net. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I like how you're checking shit off as you go through and like aggressively. Check. I can hear it and feel the table move and you're like, fuck this. All right. So I know we jokingly said Reno looks like fucking Alfred from The Burning. Yeah. But I think at this point, Pretty he kind of looks like Ben Stiller. <laughs> Is that a Jew joke? No. All right. Because he's Italian. Ferrari is an Italian name. He's fucking greasy, I can tell you that. Here comes Is that a Jew joke? <laughs> Wait, is that a threat? <laughs> Here comes the big greasy meatball. Hey, what Luigi do to you kids? On our uh, little spinoff, COVID Trash or Peace Theater, we've been watching the Scream movies. We should talk about those movies instead. <laughs> no, no, we are finishing All this. All right. We oh, I got, I got, I got this. a ripper coming up, but go ahead, go ahead. All right, all right. So, pinball machine. Pamela asks Reno about the painting that he's working on. This was pretty funny. Suggests that an attempt to get money for rent and bills, Reno should have sex with Dalton. She's like, just, man, just get some KY jelly, and you won't even feel it. <laughs> man see i didn't hear any of this because i was fast 40 through this eight minute long scene so pissed off about it because he's like little fag <laughs> yeah dude see it's it's you know what i will talk about that at the end of the fucking movie because it's obviously there reno shrugs it off with with the, i wrote slight disgust that must have been being facetious here because it certainly wasn't slight at all the band finally gets to play where reno quickly becomes more agitated from the loud music and the crowd around him also he should be pissed off as the director because apparently the one thing he couldn't afford was lighting 
Well, you got to set the mood in the club. That is the mood. I can't fucking see anything. Uh, Reno leaves the club unnoticed while Carol and Pamela dance and make out with each other. Driven to the edge of his sanity, Reno returns to his apartment, grabs his trill with his new battery pack, and goes out on a drilling spree. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. Hold up before we jump into that. Okay. Get it? Drilling spree. Instead of killing, killing spree. spree. Fuck, that's... that's No, you didn't applaud yourself. All right, so there's a scene where Pam is in the bathroom and this chick's like, you need to stay off my man, Tony. 100% Pam looks like Jareth the fucking Goblin King from the Labyrinth while this fucking chick... Oh, yeah, and then they party in an elevator and he just creeps, keeps screaming, somebody show me a pussy! <laughs> and, like, you ever been to, like, you walk into one of those college parties, you show up late and everybody's just fucking gone? Yeah. That's what this That's was. Tony, yeah. So yeah. the chick's like, you should fucking stay away from Tony. He's my man. Like that, that and kind she's of bullshit. built like a peppermint skeleton. Yeah. She, yeah, and then she's like. She looks like an anorexic olive oil. She looks like an, an ooh, fuck. Uh, I was going to say, if, it, yeah, yeah, yours is better. Yeah. But fuck this stupid bitch. She, and she, she looks white and skinny. She looks like one of she Shelly Duvall's front teeth. <laughs> Not Robert Duvall. <laughs> uh, also, Tony's a fucking boner. And when did this movie turn into party monsters? <laughs> no shit, dude. All right. So, all right, we're on the drilling spree. That's right. All night long. All night long. Oh, no. Reno runs through the streets, killing one homeless bum after another, starting with a bum sleeping on the sidewalk, then another bum in a subway station. Oh, shit. You're burning through these. Who was that first guy? He was real nice. He was like, you want to? So I got him. Because, uh, no, I, I I feel you, man. This shit just fucking yeah. blows by coming up. But, like, yeah, that first bum is really cool. He's he's nice. He reminds me of, like, the bum from Halloween 3. I want to see him get together with a bum from Halloween 3. They share bottles, and they get a hold of Buck Flowers, and then they start a fucking bluegrass band called Drilling Spree. Okay, we could do that. So I did. I ran through these really fast. Like, he gets one. Uh, one dude's sleeping. He gets him in the head. Uh, the next one he kills. Um, these deaths are in the so subway station. This one's off screen. The subway station one was badass. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. The one where it's just his feet. Oh. And then Reno comes around the corner. I don't even remember. That's how forgettable this yeah. shit is. Uh, then there's another drinking on the street. This one, Reno passes a small bus stop where he sees a weird spaced out bum. Oh, my God. He's scene, my favorite dude. Again, goes on forever. And he, <laughs> two dudes are waiting for the bus. And he's like fucking with one guy. And he's like, hey, how's your lady? Hey. And then he goes up to the older gentleman. He's like, dad, 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 is that you? Can I get your blessings to marry this? Would I, I'd hang out with my cousin, Matt, and we, we would fuck with people like this, dude. We were assholes. Well, so, we still are assholes, but continue. So after the guys get on the bus, <laughs> he's all drunk. He's like, bus driver, hold it for me. Dude, this guy's insane. I, I would hang out with him. This part was kind of cool. Like, Reno has snuck behind him, uh, behind the glass partition of the bus stop, and fucking sticks the drill through the glass, like where there's a separation, and drills the dude in the back. And as he's like slowly falling down to his knees, like he's Reno's just fucking drill just drilling it. That dude should have got on the bus because it would have took him to the fucking set of street trash where he belonged. <laughs> I would drink Mad Dog with that fucking guy. Reno is just behind this guy going to town, and I mean he is just drilling him, just drilling oh, him from behind. Right behind. 
death number yep another homeless guy starting to pick up on a pattern here <laughs> um so reno further attacks two more bums one who is sleeping uh and then he chases the other one down the street and drills him in the back you know what and he ends his uh killing spree what i think one of them was named robbie it was ends his killing spree by uh, approaching a derelict asleep in a pile of garbage and drills this man directly into the forehead on camera the best one Here's, Other than the bus stop one. Here's this what is the got me. For sure. You see Captain Lump hanging out and his fucking titty pockets ripped off. I thought he was going to drill him. Like, right in the nipple? Yeah, into his heart. But he got in the head. That was pretty cool, actually. And this this one, it, it lingers on it. It looks good. It holds the gore. It's pretty cool. Great effect. I really enjoyed it. Death number eight or, or something. No, nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> uh, that's actually number nine. Oh, fuck me. All right. Yep. Uh, so um, Reno then returns home for a night of sleep. After a hearty drilling spree. He earned it. Yeah. Sometime later, Tony visits Reno at his apartment where the spaced out rock star comments I on didn't his know that was him. Buffalo painting and asks Reno to paint a portrait of him. After Tony reluctantly agrees to uh, pose for Reno's demand of $500 for rent money. 420 <laughs> Yeah, he tries to negotiate the pay. Yeah, and, it, and uh, Tony Coca-Cola negotiates against himself. He's like, 420 Okay. R5. He says that they need to start right away. I legit did not even know that was him. I thought... Uh, oh, also, the grossest thing in the fucking movie is watching Reno mouth fuck himself with a Big Mac. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, what would he even call this dude? A fucking meatball? He goes through the fridge, and he's, like, just finger-fucking this burger. He's like, no onions, right? No onions. It's like, ah. Oh, As there's a fucking onion in the refrigerator, cut open, and it's gonna make everything smell like shit. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I thought that was Rod from fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not. It's Tony the fucking dipshit from earlier. It's because he doesn't have his fucking honky face on. <laughs> the next morning, Carol reads the newspaper, which has an article of a man killed with a power drill. Reno sees an image of his initial drill killing and his own bloody image in another weird day trip, and he snatches the paper from Carol and accuses her of trying to drive him crazy. Later, Pamela brings home a takeout pizza for dinner, and as Carol and Pamela eat their plain cheese slices, they watch with slight disgust as Reno gobbles down slice after slice of pizza, pizza with green peppers on it, like a famished fucking animal. Please, play by play, explain this to me. So, like, he's eating pizza, and then he's like, oh, you want a piece with the pepper on it? And then she fucking just chucks the pizza at his face. What was the catalyst for that? I guess because he ripped the newspaper out of her hand earlier. I don't know. Okay, movie. Just continue being fucking stupid because you are doing a great job. Yeah. Beer time. Yeah. So, while scarfing down uh, his fourth slice of pizza, like he's a big fat fuck, what is he, me? Uh, Reno tells Pamela to ask Carol if she wants some pizza with green peppers on it, even though Carol's sitting right beside him. She angrily throws the pizza... And I mean, it connects. It's legit. She then goes to a nearby payphone after she storms out and decides to call her ex-husband, Stephen, and tells him that wanting to leave Reno, Carol returns to the apartment to find a silly picture proclaiming, I'm sorry. It looked like your kid painted that. Also, where do you stand on peppers on pizza? I've seen your finger paints you bring home and they suck. Dude, like in Scrooge, what is it? Eleven fingers? Yeah. <laughs> this, what? Let's go. Let's throw this away. This goes right in the garbage. 
So where, where do you? What's your stance? How do you? You like peppers on on your pizza? Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with green peppers. You're, you're, a, you're a supreme pizza kind of dude. I am. If anything, uh, no mushrooms. I'll eat them, but if I had a choice, I would take them. I don't like the fucking slimy mushrooms. Yeah, that's usually what you like. Pizza Hut Supreme Pizza is good. I just take their mushrooms off because they're super slimy and big. They're big mushrooms. I I'm a fan of pepperoni. Like that. That's not even an extra ingredient. That's mandatory. Standard. That's, yes. God damn right. Yeah. Cheese pizza is not a pizza. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nick. <laughs> My wife loves cheese pizza. You're who? My wife. Thank you. She's dead. <laughs> and he was talking at me from the top of the stairs. Oh, shit. It was her ghost. Her ghost. Man, I snotted on my fucking mustache. <laughs> Still more entertaining than this movie. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, Reno paints Tony as he poses at various times, plays his guitar, makes out with Pamela, and just fucking has just non-sequential fucking words. That, like, it's just nonsense that leaves his fucking mouth. Yeah, I didn't know this was Tony until he started playing the guitar. And I was like, man, this dude could actually play. He should be playing instead of the dude in the fucking band. <laughs> Nearby, a bum in an alley, restless and indignant due to all the noise Tony makes, is attacked by Reno, who drills his hands Damn, he gets to the it. wall in a crude crucifix pose and then kills him by drilling him in the stomach. I like before that he's freaking out in like this weird little Auden play kind of shit. It's like a we yeah. He's straight smeagling. He's like taking his shit like quiet! and he's fucking crushing wine and shit. Oh, fuck, fuck him. Fuck <laughs> this. Hey, death number. Who gives a shit? Homeless guy gets crucified. Yeah, number ten. Oh, number ten. Number yup. Uh, afterwards, Reno goes to work on his painting after several. Hours working all night, he approaches the sleeping Carol and Pamela in bed together and tells them his painting is finally finished. I get it. That's a callback when he's like, I'll tell you what, it's fucking finished, baby. I'm doing Glazer. Whatever. It's a better character. Here's the thing. The painting has looked the exact same the entire fucking movie. That that always fucks me up in movies. It's like, oh, here's this drawing. I'm just going to like trace the board. It's like, bitch, we know you didn't fucking draw that shit. So the next day. Reno and Carol show the completed Buffalo painting to Dalton, but Dalton declares the work of art unacceptable and a piece of shit and leaves. Carol then yells at Reno, for she is angry that he just sat in his chair with a blank expression on his face, mouth agape, mm -hmm. like he's trying to catch fucking flies, while Dalton yelled at him. The next morning, Reno wakes to an empty bed as he chases Carol as she walks down the street with her suitcase, saying that she's finally leaving him going back to her ex-husband. Reno tries to talk to her and even grabs the suitcase away. You can't be grabbing up on lady folk like that. <laughs> Fucking man. throws it in the street. It busts open. And she's like, I don't need that shit. Yep. And she keeps walking, and he's gathered it all up. He's dude, like, fucking oh, come on, honey, you forgot your shit. You forgot your shit. You're going to need your shit. All right. Now, now this movie's trying to hit me with this fucking melodramatic nonsense about the hardships of dating somebody in St. Louis or New York. <laughs> now I'm supposed to feel compassion for this human rat person. Sorry, driller killer. Not today. <laughs> also, uh, when Dalton walked in the room, he said Buffalo and fucking Reno was holding his beer in the wrong hand. So he had to crush yeah, it. It's a drink. It. I've been there. Uh -huh. Reno tries to talk to her that one last so time by screaming at her from the fucking street. Uh, but she, she just doesn't listen. It's Pamela, who is then devastated that her best friend and part-time lover. Yeah. I love that song, by the way. What the fuck is that? Part-time lover? Never heard of it. Oh, it's good. All right. 
Play it for me now because it's going to be better than this movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, fuck it, sure. I'll play you fucking part-time. Line. All right, who's it by? Fucking pulling it up. Oh, uh, is this where we're going to get like cited or something? Like a no, copyright? Fucking could, I don't know. Much more successful podcast play full songs. You ready? You ready? Yeah, let's oh, do I it. Don't fucking go on. Hold All on. Right. It's loading. It's loading. It's loading. High-speed internet, my goddamn ass. Tell a joke while we're waiting. Uh, my love life. <laughs> a Roman guy walks into a bar, holds up two fingers, and says, I'll have five beers, please. And then he fucking starts lapping the piss. Uh, I don't do anything cool, and my life is really uneventful, so, like, I just watch the Driller Killer. That's the joke. My jo- Hold on, I gotta get through the ad. All right. Stevie Wonder. Can they hear this? Yeah. Okay, good. You can't see it, but Stevie's just fucking. Hey, he's doing he's fucking bobblehead as hard as he ever did. And then Michael Jackson walks up and he does that little hand around the wrist thing. Why did this episode get the least hits? I don't understand. Yo, so that's OG side piece. Stevie Wonder? No, that's the song. Part-time lover, OG side piece. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, (laughs) hey, so this, this thing here... Also, clean up that fucking rabbit head. That shit's disgusting. You know, it's got to smell bad. What'd you think of it? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. We'll listen to it later. Yeah. My part-time co-host. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Easy, man. Easy. Stevie Wonder could have saw that coming. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Where, 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 where we at? We're going to have to make up this episode with like some bonus content or some shit at some point. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Reno is beside himself with rage. Uh, he tries to call Carol and talks to her on the phone, but he's not. Yeah. Somebody had a little lapse of sanity there, <laughs> yeah. partner. It's just the fucking dial tone. So later that evening, Reno, now completely demented, yeah, calls Dalton and invites him over as he has something new to show him. And Dalton, who's first like, no, dude, I don't want to see any more of your shit. Your shit like, sucks because he made a real stink bomb on the way out. He's like, you fucking loser. You're a failure. All your shit sucks. You lost it. And Dalton's like, wait a minute. You want me to come over? You're alone? Uh-huh. I bring some wine. And Maybe bread. Some, have some bread. Oh, because there's nothing more sensual than a loaf of fucking bread. He's like, oh, I'll just, uh, I'll. Let me get ready and take a shower. We'll be in like 45 minutes. Let me spray out the stink trench. Mistaking that Reno is coming on to him, he agrees to come over later with some wine and bread. And an ascot. <laughs> Dalton arrives at the apartment that evening while Tony and his band are continuing to play their crap. And Reno, dressed in all black clothing, finally... A fucking wardrobe change. Uh, actually, let's kind of talk about this for a second. Yeah, I was actually just kidding. He doesn't change. No, he... It's the like fucking outfit, I'm pretty sure. So he put on, like, eyeliner, and did he put lipstick on? I don't know if he put lipstick on. I can't tell. I'm almost positive I saw him sliding fucking Carol's drawers on. He might be putting Carol's clothes on over his... Oh, like a superhero. <laughs> 
Also, what is it's some kind of fucking mandate that anytime if you manage like an artist or a painter or a sculpture, etc., you have to be a flaming homosexual? Because that's been like every movie we've fucking seen. I guess so. So he he uh, I think I found my new job. So, yeah, I did. I sorry. I have the notes here. Pasty white face covered in fucking like foundation and wearing red lipstick. Uh, Corners Dalton and drills him to death. And pins him to the fucking door of the apartment. And not the way Dalton wanted. <laughs> oh, death this number. This is not t- how I wanted to be drilled by a man. Yeah, that was way better. Death number, whatever. Dalton, you screwed to death. <laughs> I mean, zin, zin. a little go. later, Pamela returns to the apartment after hanging around with Tony's band when she sees the bloody drill bit in the door. And the dead Dalton hanging from it on the inside. No way in hell that would support it. At least Friday the 13th had the rope to... Right. <sighs> Pamela backs away screaming, but Reno grabs her. Across town, Carol is back with Stephen in his apartment. And while she goes to the bathroom to take a shower, Stephen prepares some tea. Because he's fancy. He's a fancy boy. Reno sneaks into the apartment and drills Stephen in the back. And hides his body behind the counter. Carol, now done showering, and also apparently shy for the camera, because we don't see any more boobies. Yeah, you can see her butt, though. Uh, walks to the bedroom where Reno is lying in the bed under the covers. She turns out the lights. He should have had the drill sticking up like a boner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carol. And and this part's actually kind of cool in the context that I have it in. It's like she gets into bed and tells Steven to come here. And then the fucking screen blacks out and the fucking credits roll. But it's not how it happens. She turns the fucking lights on. And while in context, yes, that is it by definition. Right. It's a fucking two minute conversation where she's like, I'm so glad I'm back. You should come here. Oh, we're going to have a great night. Ooh, your drill's so long. You should come here. It's like, Are those shut my the fuck up. Uh, like some musical You smell hack. like wine and bread. Uh, like some musical hack once said, when the music's over, turn off the lights. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's it. Yeah. Do you think she died? I don't know. All I know is, is fucking uh, Black Christmas did that kind of shit better. Uh, Rhiannon, well, kind of. Hey, you fuck off with that shit. All right. We're done with that. Cool. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm going to drink paint thinner. Hey, everybody, this is Vincent DeSanthe, director of the Friday the 13th fan film Never Hike Alone, and you are listening to the Here Comes the Spooky podcast. All right, and we're back from our break. We had to fucking take a breather here because this movie sucks so fucking Dude, this movie sucks. But it's time to move on to the kill counts. Do you kids want to see a dead body? We've got 12 deaths with one off screen. I don't know. You were saying you'd looked it up and you're like, I fucking came up with 11. I saw one that said 11. I saw one that said 10. I saw one that said 12. 12 is it. I counted as we went. Well, you know what? If you think about it, all those homeless people that got drilled, even if they didn't die, they don't have health insurance. They can't go to the fucking hospital. So they might as well have just died. Right. So here we go. Bum number one, drilled in the chest by Reno. Bum number two, drilled in the head by Reno. Bum number three, killed off screen by Reno. Bum number four, drilled in the stomach by Reno. 
Bum number five, drilled from behind by Reno. <laughs> Bum number six, drilled in the stomach by Reno. <laughs> Bum number seven, a.k.a. Robbie, drilled, <laughs> drilled in the back by Reno. <laughs> Bum number eight, a.k.a. Robbie's friend, chased and drilled in the back by Reno. <laughs> Bum number nine, drilled in the head while sleeping by Reno. <laughs> Bum number 10, pinned to the wall like Jesus, then drilled into the stomach by Reno. I have problems with that, but... <laughs> number 11, Briggs, drilled in the chest and pinned to the door by Reno. How the fuck? I, I know it was a long drill bit, but he was a sturdy guy. Yeah, he was. And you know what? 1970s New York architecture. With a belly full of fucking wine and bread. Right. And then last... Uh, death number 12, Steven, drilled in the back by Reno. <laughs> so what was your favorite kill, Nachos? Oh, when he killed the homeless guy. <laughs> no, when he got the guy in the fucking uh, the, the park bench, or the uh, bus uh, the stop. Bus stop? Yeah. yeah. Mine was uh, bum number nine, a.k.a. Captain Sleepy. Oh, in the fucking head? In the head. Yeah. yeah the one Because that, that goes on a while. <sighs> yeah, it does. Oof. Bus stop one was my second favorite. Yeah. All right, you uh, ready for stuff you should know? Hit me. No greetings. What seems to be your boggle? My boggle? So we have a couple, not much. Uh, first up, we brought it up at the beginning of the episode. This is a Video Nasty. Yes. Could have easily escaped the UK's Video Nasty list if the original pre-VRA video cover wasn't so graphic. It featured the very bloody close-up of a drill boring into a man's head with lots of blood, which is my favorite death, and yeah. the iconic cover... The video cover was featured in video catalogs and received many complaints, which then got brought to the attention uh, of the uh, committee that uh, banned it. And this movie was banned in the UK until 1999. I mean, real talk, you cut out like the head drill scene and the rabbit stuff, and I think you're okay. Abel Ferreira claims that half of this movie was shot in 1978 and the other half was shot in 1979. This explains why the actors' hairstyles and looks in general change quite frequently during the movie. Could you, did you notice? Uh, with the Tony Coca-Cola, I did. Oh, he looked a lot tanner in one scene. Like, and his hair's, like, completely different, like, when he comes in. That's why you didn't recognize him for the, for the uh, portrait. Just I just totally assumed it was that crazy Coca-Cola lifestyle, you know? <laughs> uh, and then lastly, when Arrow Films was preparing for the re-release of this uh, film... Uh, it came out in November 2016 on Blu-ray. They discovered that the print they had was five minutes longer than any previous release on film. They contacted Ferreira, who confirmed that it was a pre-release version and that the film had intentionally removed the footage prior to the release of the theatrical version. Okay, so we watched the good one then. Yeah, we watched the, the theater version. Arrow obtained permission to include this version as extra... As an extra in their release. Okay. The additional five minutes are all just in the first half of the film and appear to be at seven points, including a shot of a Zeppelin. Oh, boy. Uh, a brief but more descriptive lesbian shower scene. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah. An argument that uh, lasts an extra two and a half full fucking minutes. A Zeppelin. And just some more footage of character development and backstory. Oh, really? What? You don't like his dad because he's like a ghost? Uh. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the final cuts. Well, what do you know? I asked for final cut, and I got it. <laughs> we should do Demon Knight at some point. <laughs> All right, buddy. You know this. You know the drill. 
What you liked? No, what the you what? Didn't like? <laughs> no, the what? Are you fucking with me, Cincinnati Jeff? Uh, that's the whole movie. All right. Give me your likes, your your dislikes. What would you change, and what was your rating? All right. The cinematography, it's nothing fancy. It gets the job done. It's very gorilla. Soundtrack. Boy, I'm going to wait till you are not drinking. Boy, I hope you like the musical stylings of Tony Coca-Cola. It means cocaine. And the Roosters, because this is pretty much an hour and a half fucking music video with some slasher movie <laughs> tidbits and dead rabbits sprinkled in between. The gore, nothing great, nothing too terrible for considering the year it was made. I'm thinking uh, they, these guys really didn't have a big budget. Nudity, it had cool boobs in it. All in all, for being what it is, a super low-budget guerrilla horror film shot in the late 70s, early 80s, it captures the atmosphere of all the CB, CBGB, yeah, CBGB, I was going to say CBD oil. Anyway, CBG weird indie punk rock culture kind of shit. I'm not a music scholar or anything, but that's the vibe I'm getting. Also, this movie tries too hard to live up David Lynch's ass. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I read that all stupid. This movie tries to live up David Lynch's ass a little too hard and never really breaks free and tries to do its own thing. If this movie would just cut loose and do its own thing, we might have ended up with a New York Ripper or maybe like Maniac, but it never really takes the risk. If you have to pair this up with another movie, I'd say Street Trash, but Street Trash is too good, so we'll go with the Kmart version of that film called Slime City. I give it three out of ten Buffalo paintings. Muck drop! <laughs> How about you, Cincinnati Jeff? All right. Here's what I liked. That ninth kill. Yeah. Some of the music. I occasionally laughed out loud, like when Pamela suggested that Reno should let his manager Briggs fuck him for money and that he should use KY Jelly so he didn't feel it. That was humorous, but I don't think it was really supposed to be. This movie is listed as a horror black comedy, but I don't see where the comedy is, and oh. there were no black people in it. <laughs> <laughs> the hilarious drill scene you know that one drill scene <laughs> uh i honestly think that fur was going for gritty and suspenseful but he didn't know what to do since there wasn't much to rip off in the late 70s without you know basing your movie on a holiday or having a chainsaw involved yep and i know this was a budget grindhouse type of film but i really don't care for it I'm sure that he did the best that he could with what he had and what was available to him. And yeah. I, I'm honestly a fucking really easy person to please. All I need is something fun, and I usually scratch out a recommendation based off just that one thing. Yeah. But this movie lacks charm. There's no character development whatsoever. There's no decent sets. The lighting is just completely missing. Abysmal. Uh, and pretty much anything that would have suggested that the director went to film school the cinematography is all over the place. Like a Picasso painting, it has a lot of angles, and every one of them are wrong. I did like the last 30 seconds, though. It was creepy. That was cool. But not enough to redeem the last 90 minutes of my life. I give this three drunk bums out of ten, but only because Tony Coca-Cola was so over the top. Otherwise, he gets a one. Let me see your pussy! Yeah. I I forgot to blurt it out during the episode. So um, Eraserhead came out in 1977. This is 78, 79. It, yeah, like I said, it, it lives up David Lynch's ass. It wants to be Lynchian, but 
without all like the talent yeah and shit i don't understand why it's like listed as this black comedy like there's no way this was intentionally supposed to be funny it's not funny the parts that are kind of humorous aren't jokes the uh um, they're not even humorous in tone the bus stop guy was probably the best part of the movie for me sure i think yeah he should like that dude escaped from from street trash or it was actually a, John, a young Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> but, I mean, that's this is really about it. Uh, it's not like this is, like, widely recommended in the horror community. Right. Right. It just it happens to live on the video nasty list. And it's got that great iconic cover, which what is what got it banned in the first place. And that's really all that it has going for it. I mean, could you? It's like, is it even by definition a slasher? I mean, a lot of people get drilled, but. Uh, I mean, because there's just like one big spree. There's like one guy, and then a big, a big drilling spree, and then, and then there's a couple at the end. I'd say if you've never seen it, check it out at least once. If you're new to horror, dude, dodge this shit like the plague. This might be more like your, yeah. If you're just getting into it, or if you're just your kind of thing is, you know, hey, you like like some of the bigger ones, the greats, right? The easy, to, the easy to watch is your Freddies. You're Skip Jason's. this, do street trash. Yeah, don't, if you're looking for like, man, I kind of want to get some more of this esoteric horror, this is not one to jump into. Check out The Burning. Check out The Dorm That Drip Blood if you want to try something like a little less, like, popular. Uh, what did you have more fun watching? This or Don't Go in the Woods Alone? Probably Don't Go in the Woods Alone. At least it had a lot going on and, like, Jedi fun. Jimmy Carter and fucking, uh... <laughs> the fucking shagging Car wagon. Carla Lycros, the fucking bird chick, and fucking... <laughs> the dude in the wheelchair randomly bastard. <laughs> yeah, we were we were running down motherfuckers in wheelchairs in horror movies. So it's Franklin, old boy from that, and fucking Mark, and Mark's probably the best of that. Well, don't forget, uh, don't forget, um, the, the Corey. Oh, fuck me, Hanging yeah. Silver Bullet. Man, did you, uh, how'd that hate mail thing go? <laughs> how'd that pan out? But it's just, there's oh. nothing, there's nothing really good or redeemable here. No, I'd say, fuck this, watch Street Trash. It really comes off as like someone's film school project. But even then, I've seen better. Oh, yeah. Dorm the Trip Blood was a film school project was much better than this. No shit. Because I smell some burn-ass white girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We should just watch Street Trash instead. <laughs> Just we should probably, that. like, watch Street Trash for the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's we're going to watch Street Trash. So we're watching Street Trash? We're going to watch Street Trash. Street Trash. Street Trash. All right. All that's right. good. Well, before we uh, uh, sign off, I want to thank uh, all the patrons at the Cool Brewster level. So Mr. Tom Aerosmith, Matt hey, Huey. I know those fuckers. John Zinkin, Ben Welly, Noslin 80, John Mitchell, uh -oh. and Tedis Duras, our newest Patreon member. Say that three times fast. Tedis Duras. Tedis Duras. I believe, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I do know that. Well, now you sound like a dick, well, don't you? I know that in Spanish it translates to hard boob. So, what you got there? Okay, that might be intentional. Okay. I'll have to hit him up about that in his hard tits. So, thanks for listening. Again, you can always find us online at herecomesaspooky.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We got a hotline. Oh, yeah. What's that number? 
2814. What's that number again? 704-666-2814. Call in, especially when you're drunk. Drop us a line. Tell us what you hate. Tell us which one of us is the ugliest, and we'll fucking put it on the air. You know what? If you think Driller Killer's a good movie, why don't you fucking set us straight? You think you're so fucking tough with your fucking small A-cup boobs and big puffy nips, (laughs) or your fucking tit is mostly nipple, like (laughs) Tina from Halloween 5. You see your boobs. <laughs> yeah. Fuckers or fans or somewhere in between. Chuds. Ah, the chuds and chudettes. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And remember to always stay spooky. Street trash.